What's up, everybody? Bobby here, the Geek Guru. Geek? Definitely Guru? I don't know. There's a really wonderful podcast you should be listening to called We The GamerCast. For my BFF, Sean Capri. And when I'm not playing video games, that's what I do. I listen to We The GamerCast daily, on repeat, over and over. What do you think? Too much? A bit. How much is he paying you to do this? He said like $50. But he's Canadian. That's like, what, $5 American? We can't even buy dog food with that. Huh. I, uh, I I never really thought of it like that. You know what? Never mind. Everything I just said, just disregard. It's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 22 of a brand new rebooted We The Gamer cast. It's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com, and it publishes on iTunes every Monday, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's every Monday. Hooray! So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, and thank you for coming back. If you're if you're coming back, that's great. Thank you so much. Thanks for rating us on iTunes, and thank you for sharing. That's Thank you for doing every single one of those things. That's how we keep this thing moving and growing and going. So, uh, I'm in a weird mood. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm sort of, I just, uh, I spent some time outside, which is a rarity for me. Normally I'd rather just be playing games, but met a friend, went out for a good jog, trying to, uh, get in some spring shape here. So I don't know how that's going, but, uh, I had a good jog. So I'm, I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling good. Ready for a podcast. Hopefully you're ready for a podcast too. Uh, but if you're new, maybe you're new because your friends with uh, Kayleen wanted to check out what we were talking about today. And uh, so thank you for being here for that. And uh, if you're a fan, maybe a new fan, go check out last week. We talked with Frank the Arctic Sloth. He's from the PlayStation Report podcast. He just started this thing up. And uh, if you're if you're in the kind of funny community, you know him. We had a good chat. He really surprised me. I was really happy with my chat with him. I talked to, to Kaylee about that as well. Just, you know, there's uh, there's something about doing this podcast that we sort of get down to like who who everybody really is it's not you kind of pull the veil of a internet sort of persona away and uh we all kind of discover what drives us and what what makes us all tick so that's why i'm really liking this but yeah always looking for guests you guys if you want to be part of the show send me a tweet at sean capri that's uh, sean like connery and capri like the pants um or you can come say hi at the we the nerdy facebook group that's i'll, I'll always post these these episodes there and you can just send send me a quick message and we'll get this thing going so uh, if you don't want to be a guest, you can still join the group. That'd be great. Don't be a lurker. We can have some good chats about some cool games and let me know what you guys are playing. That would be awesome. So uh, what else is going on? I had a really good week just kind of guesting on a whole bunch of awesome podcasts. So doing this show, it's been great because I'm meeting all these amazing content creators. And uh, I've been very lucky that they've asked me to be part of their shows too. So if, you, if you're a fan of this, then maybe, and you haven't already listened to the GeekCast, uh, I was on Bobby's show uh, that was such a good time, man. Even though <laughs> I'm a, I'm in mountain time zone and I'm working with guys on the East Coast and in the UK. So <laughs> I think I was up at like six in the morning that, uh, the other day. So, but totally worth it. I had an absolute blast and 
Bobby and I need to collaborate even more together. We're going to have to find a way to do that. So he's the guy at this, at the start of the show. If you didn't know, he's the guy doing the, um, the little intro. So thanks to Bobby for that. And, uh, shout out to any of you other guys who've been on the show. And if you're still listening, um, you can definitely be, you can be part of the show still, even if you're not a guest. So yeah, shout out to anybody. If you guys want to do a little intro, that would be fun, fun way for you to be part of the show or an outro or if you want to do some little goofy ad or whatever, I'm totally open, you guys. Let's just make this, let's make this show about every, it's almost like it's We the Gamer Cast. How about that? I was on, um, Nerd Overdrive. That show is awesome, man. I grabbed myself a huge energy drink <laughs> and just went along with the energy with those guys. So, oh, huge thanks to Lee and Ray and Becky. That was so much fun. I, I think I might have to just insert myself into your podcast every once in a while just i'm gonna clear your schedule <laughs> and kick out all those other guys who want to be part of the show i'd be like yeah i'm in <laughs> i love hanging out with those guys oh and then we got this show and i've got kaylee on this week so it's just been an amazing week of talking with people about games and what a time of the year this is because we're just on on the edge of glory as lady gaga would say we're on we're now into the division most of us are, are playing the division. I finally, if you're listening to last week, you knew that I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to be doing this or not. It was something that I was jealous that everybody else was playing. Um, I wasn't totally won over by the beta. I was sort of actually turned off a little bit. I think mostly because at the time I wasn't really in the mood to jump on and play games with strangers. Um, I just don't know. I, I was more into a solo mood and I kind of go in and out of those moods. I'm, I'm sure you guys are like that too, or at least some of you. Um, I'm, I'm not, all in on multiplayer, but I'm not all out either. So it, it comes, it comes and goes. And, uh, last night I spent, I don't know, about two hours just playing, playing the division with, with, uh, neighbor Matt. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about neighbor Matt before, but lifelong friend I grew up with. He's sort of my, uh, my proxy into the world of, of NES and Super Nintendo and all those older, older systems. He had it all. And so we're still friends to this day. And, and yesterday we're, going around Manhattan shooting some guys in hoodies and things like that and just an awesome time and it was funny because we're older now <laughs> we both have significant others living in the house and uh so even though we have headsets and we we have the capability to communicate we basically just kind of had to do it silently <laughs> so we had like if uh if we wanted to do one thing one of us would be would have to do jumping jacks or clapping meant something else so we've got our own little uh the division sign language with uh, emotes. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Or we're just whispering really quietly into the, into the headset. So I had a really good time. I, I'm what am I level seven or eight? So quickly leveling up. I'm actually surprised at how, how fast that's going. I'm sure I'm going to hit a bit of a brick wall here. Um, but I'm super addicted to leveling up my, my base, my home base or whatever it's called and just getting the, the security wing up and the medical wing. That, that stuff is, that's what Destiny was missing. I wish that when you went back to Destiny, you had more, more like that. And it's that betterment of, of the world. And you think that, wow, we can actually, you know, get some engineers and get some doctors around this and we can solve this problem. I love it. Really surprised that at the hook there, that's more than just the loot grab. Cause I've got, I've got Borderlands for that. So this is kind of neat. And I love having a good friend playing, uh, playing that with, but I know that I'm not going to be able to match up with him every time. So. Uh, I'm playing on Xbox. If you guys are on Xbox, I, my, my gamer tag is Sean Capri, just like my Twitter. So reach out. Let's play some, <laughs> let's play some The Division. Um, but what else? I've been playing, I finished up Wolfenstein, The Old Blood. That was a really quick one. And I just 
that's a that's a bit of a palate cleanser, I think. You just go in and kill some Nazis, and who are who isn't in the mood for that? So that's great. And Quantum Break is coming up. Oh man, there's too much. Anyway, let's get on with this whole thing. My guest this week is Kaylee Woomer. Um, you might know her if you're a longtime We the Gamer Cast fan. She was a guest on We the Gamer Cast uh, in its old form before we kind of did this one on one format, and. Uh, we instantly hit it off, actually. It was one of those things that um, she was invited on, and uh, I'm like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> we just, I don't know, we we had each other's back whenever things got contentious at all, and uh, we just, I don't know, I, I've really enjoyed kind of becoming really good friends with Kaylee over the last, I don't know, probably a year or so. So it was awesome. I know she had a whole lot of stuff going on this week, and she's moved like across the continent, which is insane, but... Um, Let's get into it. This is Kaylee Woomer. I want to be the very best Like no one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause I will travel across the land We've ever talked about this. Oh, and by the way, you're the first female guest on We the Gamer Cast in its new form. So Hell yeah. that's fitting. It's yes. fitting that it's you, actually. It should be me. You don't even know any other ladies. Don't pretend. That's true. I have I have my, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> I know my wife and I know Kaylee from the internet. <laughs> end of girls. And yeah. end your niece. And well, yeah. She's if you waited long enough, she could have been your first guest. Oh, that would take a little while. She would just sort of, we were talking about um, introducing her to video games pretty soon. And at this point, her coordination might get her by in Marvel's Ultimate Alliance for the Wii. Because, like, you don't really have any buttons to smash. You you just, you're just waving her around. Get some Lego Batman. All you yeah, have to do is press X a million times. She can't do that. She's not even two years oh, old. They're oh, she's not even two. Okay, I'm thinking, like, if you're four. Is yeah. Oh, the Lego games. Were you like, about four? Like, when you first, do you remember when you first started, like, gaming and stuff my very first uh gaming experience i remember very very distinctly because it was my game boy color for some reason my grandfather saw the game boy color and was like ah that looks really cool i'm gonna get that for my granddaughter even though i I had never even like really heard of video games or anything my mom had an original game boy and tetris because my mom's obsessed with tetris of course um so she literally had a game boy and tetris and it's the only game she had for it and every time i buy a console now i always buy a copy of tetris just so i can be like mom if you want to play we have tetris because like that's (laughs) the stick so um he got me a purple like one of those clear purple game boy colors for my birthday and then we went to GameStop, and I'll never forget this. We went to GameStop so I could pick out the games, and I picked out Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon Yellow had just come out, and yeah. Pokemon Blue was uh, on the shelves and stuff, and I picked between Blue and Red, I picked Blue. And I remember my grandpa freaking out, because he's like, well, this says it's for a Game Boy, and this is a Game Boy Color. Is it going to work on a Game Boy Color? And the guy's like, yeah, it's going to be all, like, it's not going to be in color or anything, but they're compatible, and that's how I learned the concept of backwards compatibility and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, any Game Boy game will work on a Game Boy Color. It won't be in color. It'll be, like, blue. It'll be this bastardized version where, yeah. like, black is kind of, like, this tint of some other color. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so my grandpa almost didn't buy me Pokemon Blue because he was so worried that it wouldn't work on my Game Boy Color. Your grandpa and sounds I- into it, man. Like, he is oh, yeah. on top of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's crazy. He's eccentric as hell, and he always buys the craziest presents. He's the one who bought me my record player, and every uh, holiday he, he gives me, like, five of his records from his personal collection. So, like, I have... 
Dean uh, Dean Martin records from the fifties, like in my collection oh, now. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so he always just me a little bit of everything. My great grandmother's old Patsy Cline albums he gave me for Christmas, like so that's kind of his new thing now. Um, and he's obsessed with the Beatles, so he gives me Beatles memorabilia every year. I have five Beatles ornaments. I have a custom-made Beatles shadow box. Um, whenever I went to his house as a kid, we'd, I'd always watch Yellow Submarine. It was nice. the only kid movie he had, and it's not even a fucking kid movie, but it was a cartoon, so to me, it was a kid movie. Um, and I just watched Yellow Submarine every fucking weekend, just on repeat. <laughs> I was obsessed with it. And so, yeah, I'm a huge Beatles fan because of him. Like, he took me to my very first concert. He took me to see Bob Dylan when I was nine. Oh, my... What? Yeah. And I didn't know what weed was, so I thought everyone was smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and they just smelled funny. Why is everybody smoking these skunk cigar- cigars? Right? <laughs> but my mom was pissed off, and I couldn't, I didn't realize why, and she was like, because I was like, yeah, everyone is smoking, it was crazy. Is he a young guy? Like, is he young for being a grandpa, or is he? Yeah, so my yeah. grandpa, my grandma had my mom, my mom's the oldest, my grandma had my mom when she was 17, and my grandpa was 18. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah that And then good. they were married for, let's see, so. She had my mom when she was 17. She had my uncle when she was 19. Then when my mom was two or three, they got divorced and my grandmother married my other grandfather. And then like two years after that, she had my uncle who's six years younger than my mom. Then when my mom was 15, she divorced that husband and married a third guy and had my aunt who's 15 years younger than my mom. Then in 2001, when I was nine, she divorced that guy and married another guy. And we hate that guy. That's the only guy you hate? That's pretty impressive. In that right? whole thing. <laughs> well, she left my my grandpa that was like, you know, my entire life, that was the one she was married to. So that was like my, my grandpa, grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. um, she left him for the boss of her company. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And then yeah. he uh, lost all of his money. Okay, well, it's- that's... Cr- I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to draw out this entire family tree so that we can share I've the rest of the... That, yeah, I've had to do that multiple times. Have you like, really? You are not the first person who's had to have me draw a family tree. I tried to go to... Uh, this is a true story. When I was 13 or 14, um, before I was diagnosed with bipolar, obviously I had a lot of fucking problems, and uh, my mom took me to this therapist at like the local teen center just to like talk to somebody. She thought it would help. And I spent three sessions just explaining my family. I drew a huge family tree. I'd have to keep going over names and details. And uh, it was just this huge fucking thing. So uh, after the third day where I was like, okay, and then blah, 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 blah. And she's like, who's that? Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Three fucking sessions and you can't get my family straight. Uh. I drew you a lady, okay? I know it's complicated, but you literally have pictures. This is sort of the job. Right? Like, like literally like, failing at the job. I'm 13 and I got this shit down. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you always been such like a quick thinker? Like you, 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 you talk about as fast as I could. You, you smash as much uh, thinking, I think, into a nanosecond that I could in a, probably a week. Like, have you always been like this? Like, like yeah, quick? I was. Um, I'll just toot my own horn for a second here. I was a child prodigy. I taught myself how to read when I was 18 months old. Good Lord. <laughs> they tried to have me skip about four grades when I was in elementary school, but my mom was afraid that it would make me socially awkward if not being around my peers. Right. That backfired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she didn't let me. Um, I was accepted to the University of Southern California as a sophomore in high school. And again, my mom was nervous about sending her busty 15-year-old to California alone. So Yikes. she asked me to reconsider joining. Um, yeah, no, that's that's always my shtick. I don't have, I'm not one of the, I'm not talented at things. Like I, I don't play music i don't paint I don't, like for, for 
for pageants, you, there's like a talent portion. I can never do pageants with, uh, pageants with the talent portion because my only talent is being smart and you can't like demonstrate that. Like I'm gonna read this shit so fast, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna feel this page it. and the words are gonna go in my mind. Right, it's just like, uh, oops, whatever. That's pretty awesome. So were you playing, so you're playing Pokemon at like four years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up, that's what I was doing. I was looking up the year that Pokemon Yellow came out in America. That's what I was doing. How did you know that, like, did you know that you wanted to be into this Pokemon thing or was it like you yeah, heard about uh, it a little bit? I, yeah, I'd seen the, I'd seen like the commercial, the cartoon? the cartoon. I hadn't really started watching it. Like I just started watching it because it had really just kind of came over. This was, yeah, this was October of 99. So sure. I was seven i lied i'm seven so that's yeah second grade that makes sense so second yep. grade uh, i was really into the card game actually before i was even into the anime and so um in second grade that same year my mom went to a parent teacher conference and she won me one of those like box sets that come with the little marbles and stuff to use to keep track of your hp yes and it had a hollow foil first edition vaporeon in it and that was my favorite card forever and i used to carry it in my pocket at school all the time and some kids stole it oh yeah did you find monster. him no you needed special skills. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, so I bought Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Blue. And when I was playing Pokemon Yellow, I only wanted to play it with Pikachu. I didn't, I didn't want to catch another Pokemon at first. Mm. And so I got to Brock with no other Pokemon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to defeat Brock with, like, a level 7 Pikachu <laughs> is kind of impossible. So I could not defeat him. I tried very, very hard for a very long time and then just got bored of it and started playing Pokemon Blue where I picked Squirtle for my starter. And it's been a history ever since. So are you always picking Squirtle when you start? I always pick Squirtle when I'm playing it when Squirtle's a starter option. I usually pick Water. I do have some fire exceptions. Torchic is my shit. <laughs> like Blaziken is my homeboy. Yeah. Um, the the black, black and white Fennekin is super cool. And um, I always have a tough time choosing between Totodile and Cyndaquil. Because I don't really like any of that generation starters. Like, none of them grow up to be that cool for me. Yeah. But, like, Oshawott's my shit. Actually, like, Oshawott's weird because he's the only Pokemon starter where his middle iteration is my favorite. I love Duat. He looks like that little samurai, and he's got, like, the two shells that he uses the swords. It looks so cute. I love it. So this is all starting to make sense to me now that you were able to pick a Pokemon at such a young age. You're a child prodigy. You're going in. I actually went and bought one of those. Um, you, uh, nobody's who's listening to this will be able to see this, but I went and bought one of these Pokemon Pokedex things. Like I can just imagine you with like in your bedroom with a lamp and like your little fort that you've built. And you're like studying this thing like front to back, just oh, memorizing yeah. all the stats. Like how I'll, in depth are we talking here? I will tweet you out a picture after we do this. I have my original Pokedex still with my, you open it up and it says this Pokedex belongs to, and I have Kaylee written down in it. And I, <laughs> the very back, it has all the Pokemon so you can check off while you're playing. And I was so bad at like lining up where to check it off that there's like lines drawn connecting the names with the boxes because I would check off the box that was like one up from the Pokemon <laughs> I needed. Of course. Um, so I literally you see it and there's just like all these lines so I'm making sure I'm checking the right boxes and there's like I highlighted all of the Pokemon based on uh, like color and type so like all of the yellow highlighted Pokemon are like electric types and I went and color coded yes. everything because I've always been obsessed with color coding things. There's little notes everywhere and that's when I fell in love with Sandshrew because in the original uh, Pokemon collector's guide handbook Pokedex thing. There's a little post-it note on his profile that says he's a picky eater. And I'm a huge picky eater. It was really bad when I was a kid. Did we just become best friends. <laughs> I was like, 
Andrew gets me. He's the shit. <laughs> Uh, that's so sweet. So yes. <laughs> so Sancho and I have a special connection. We love each other. Only yeah. he, he doesn't know it because he's a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a There's hope. I'm a Pokemon Blue. I'm a Pokemon yep. Silver. Um, I did a uh, Leaf Green. I did Soul Silver. Uh, I did Black. I did Black Two. Um, Pokemon X. I'm going to do Moon, obviously. Don't need to know anything about the games, but if you give me the option to Sun and Moon, I'm going to pick the Moon, because I'm not dumb. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can live on the Moon, obviously, and you can't... The Sun right? is just... You, you, the sun. you can't even approach the Sun. Exactly. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. How excited were you when they when they announced Sun and Moon? Or actually, when they, even when they leaked it. Was that like... I thought was it was that fake, kind of it was Yeah. I'm, I'm always so like, oh, sure. Uh-huh, yeah. It's different it's names, hey? And, you know, they, I mean, they've played around that before. Oh, that's what I'm forgetting. Um, I did Diamond instead of Pearl. Mm-hmm. I prefer the middle games, though. So, like, I played Pokemon Sapphire, but I was obsessed with Emerald. I love Pokemon Crystal. I never actually played Gold or Silver because, like, I got Pokemon when I was, like, seven. And then my mom didn't really know about or understand games. So she didn't realize that, like, in a couple of years when the new Pokemon comes out, you need to get that one. So, and I, for some strange reason, didn't want to ask for video games. So I thought, like, you know, I only ever asked for books for my birthday and Christmas. Like, I gift what? cards for bookstores. Yeah. My grandpa would send me a $100 Barnes Noble gift card for my birthday and for Christmas every year. And I would buy $100 in books on both holidays. And that was my jam. So I never wanted to ask for, like, video games. Because I was like, oh, you know, that's you know, that's just toys. I should be getting books. I was a weird kid. That's so funny. I, I remember, yeah, like, so- my, my birthday was toys that I would be asking for, but in between, I would be asking for books. Like, I read a, I read a ton as a kid, but definitely not for my birthday. I remember I got, like, the, the Chronicles of Narnia for one birthday from, like, my, my godfather. I was like, my uncle gave I don't me, want uh, this. <laughs> after the first movie came out, my uncle gave me this huge uh, hardcover, all of the Chronicles of Narnia in one book collection. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I always, um, I got Barbies, too. I kind of had this, like, weird stigma until... Really, in the last couple of years, where yeah. I was like, "Oh, I can't really talk about that. I'm really into games." Like mm-hmm. when my mom got us a PlayStation Two, she got it for my stepdad. She didn't get it for me. I just was the one that always played it. She was, she came home and she was like, "I bought a computer and a PlayStation. The computer's for the family, and the PlayStation's for dad." Yep. That's just kind of how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she'd buy me like Barbies and clothes and books, but I never asked for, you know, those boy presents. So when all of my friends would bring their Game Boys to school and they were playing Gold and Silver, I was so jealous because they had the new ones. Were you always like the cool girl who like when guys realized that you were into games, they're like, yes, finally, we have a girl who we can talk about games with. Or was it still kind of like you wanted to separate that from oh, like leave the, leave the games and, and kind of there's no such away from that. thing as the cool girl. No, no, no. There was there was never a cool girl moment. in uh, <laughs> You're a cool girl right now. <laughs> that That is still something I have trouble believing. But y'all can think that for as long as it makes you happy. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's such a weird concept. Like. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not just... Oh, well, this is swell. Like, golly gee. Well, the disconnect is so funny to me because... (laughs) It's it's hard to put into words. Well, I talk to my wife about this all the time because um, one time, like, when we first started dating, um, I came over to visit and we were just going to, like, hang out. And I walked through the door and she, like, she just kind of, I knock on the door and she yells, like, come on in. And I walk in and she didn't want to get up because she was playing Ocarina of Time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on her, I think it was on uh, she must have had it on the, the Wii Virtual Console or something like that and she was just like so into this game that she didn't even want to get up and let me into her condo <laughs> yeah my first okay 
So I really, really started strongly getting into video games, like, before I was all Pokemon. When I first would get an allowance, I went out and bought a Game Boy Advance and Pokemon Sapphire with my sixth grade graduation money. Mm -hmm. And that was my first, like, real upgrade. Are we talking, Um, like, the original Advance or the SP, like the clamshell? No, the original Advance. My favorite Game Boy console, uh, uh, handheld, though, was the Game Boy Advance SP in that light blue color. That was my jam. That's the one I had. Yes, it had the light so you could make it, like, bright or super bright. And Mm -hmm. that backlight, oh, my God. That backlight. I love backlights. I still have my uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And when you go to play them, it's just like, how can you see? You can't see anything. I know. I, what did you play? Like, what was the first one that you got on the SP again? You just my, said it and I wasn't even listening. Well, um, <laughs> on the Game Boy Advance, I got Pokemon Sapphire. Uh, Sapphire, that was it. And up. then I finally got to play the second generation Pokemon games because I never got to play Gold or Silver as a kid. And okay. then by the time I had my own money, Sapphire was out. So why would I go back to Gold and Silver? <laughs> um, I was helping my friend clean her room, and she had a copy of Game Boy of uh, Pokemon Crystal. And I was like, you have Pokemon Crystal? And she was like, oh, yeah, someone bought that for me. I don't know. Do you want it? And she just gave it to me. And I was like, oh, Best uh, friends yeah. ever. Yeah, like, I'm trying not to be that excited because I don't want her to think that it's too cool and change her mind. So I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, if you don't want it, I could take it off your hands for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I the shit out of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you just immediately, like you almost give it away, but you have to throw that poker right? face on. Like, this is t- totally a normal thing for somebody to just give this away. It's not even a big deal at all. <laughs> That's really what it was. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, since it's old and everything, yeah, I mean, you probably don't even have a Game Boy. And she didn't. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Whatever. That's, do you still have it to this day? No, I, um, in, I know in 2010, I sold my SP. And I regretted it ever since. Like, oh, so she uh. never sell consoles. Like, my mom kept. So upstairs in my mom's room somewhere is a bag that has her original Game Boy, a yellow Game Boy color we found with Pokemon Yellow in it. Nice. So it's like yellow on yellow. Yeah. Um, a Perfect. Game Boy Pocket. We have a black Game Boy Pocket. I don't know if you remember those. They're just Game Boys. Those are not so in- slick. Yes. I was so game. jealous of people with a Game Boy Pocket. They're like an iPhone. Yeah, so it's a, I have a Game Boy Pocket, and then I have Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Yellow, Tetris, and I think, like, two other games. And so when we would go on long car trips in, like, 2008, mm-hmm. we were just hipsters about it. My sister and I would always play Pokemon. She'd play Pokemon Yellow on her Yellow Game Boy, and I'd play Pokemon Blue on, on the Game Boy Pocket. And that's just what we did for our entire car rides. Where, like, where are these long car rides going around the country? I, I'm imagining oh. you guys in, like, a giant Volkswagen, like, hippie van. But no, we were in a that. white soccer mom minivan, complete okay. with soccer ball antenna topper. Yes, <laughs> driving to Michigan, uh, where my family uh, had like a campground space. Like we had a permanent residence on a campground, so every summer we just spend pretty much every weekend camping. Um, I and love so that. It was like a uh, two and a half hour drive. Not crazy, sure, but yeah. As a kid, like that's that's. And then the entire correct. time we're there, there's nothing really much else to do, so I just play Game Boy the whole weekend, like. Yeah, like, leave me alone. I'm just going to go catch them all. <laughs> yes. And it worked out perfectly. Oh, my. So, what would I, I'm going to, we're going to eventually jump off of Pokemon, but I've always been intrigued because I didn't grow up with Pokemon. Um, so, what do you, like, how do you sell Pokemon to somebody who didn't, like, grow up with it or, like, maybe they wanted to go back and see what the whole, all the fuss was about? Like, what is it about this, this game that keeps people buying every single iteration and doesn't really have anybody complaining that? From what from what I can see, it's not really like different from from game to game. Like, well, it's it's kind of the same concept of people who you know, why do you buy the new Call of Duty every year? They don't sure. really change that much, but there are the oh no, actually, you know, the gunplay is a little bit better, and they have this new thing, and it and this is a new game mechanic. So Pokemon gets a lot of 
flack for being the same every generation, mm. but I could go through every generation and tell you what they've added on or in some cases taken away and replaced with new things because that didn't work. Um, and so for me, I love role playing in general. I get into it really easy. So like every time I play Pokemon, I pick something like mm. in Pokemon Blue, I did a Yuhawk show and all of my Pokemon that I caught, I named after Yuhawk show characters. So I had to find what Pokemon's going to be Karama. I had to find a Pokemon that perfectly encapsulates Karama. Okay, now I need to find a cool Kuwabara. What dipshit Pokemon am I going to get to be Kuwabara? Like, <laughs> and, uh, or I'll even do like my friends or something like that. So where you're, you're really invested in it. Right. Um, and so to me, that's that's part of the fun is like, okay, now I know that I have to go catch a Lilligan. So now I have to go look up where Lilligans can be found and then get to that area so I can finally catch it. Um, and I don't know, for me, they really do have cute stories, like the whole battle of Team Rocket. Or um, I really think the Pokemon Emerald does it really well, where you have this battle between people who, you know, these two competing ideologies. And in the two standoffs, Ruby and Sapphire you're basically siding with one ideology even though they're both kind of nuts and then emerald is that perfect middle ground where you're saying oh no you're both kind of wrong and stupid cut it out and it's it's nice it's just that that hero's journey that works so well like there's a reason that that formula is successful the base structure is the same you get one of three pokemon to start off with mm -hmm. it's a rock paper scissors type advantage in the beginning with those three pokemon mm -hmm. and you have to collect eight badges but everything in between is so crazy and so, I, I don't know, I, I feel like they make worlds easy to be invested in if you want to be invested in them. And so if you're an RPG fan at all, I think it's really easy to jump in and just be like, this isn't something I'm going to have to worry about a lot. Like, you know, Fire Emblem can be almost exhausting in, in the amount of tactical knowledge yeah. you need for it. But Pokemon has that kind of, you know what, I just, you know, I'm on vacation and I just kind of want to do something light while relaxing on a hammock. And that's Pokemon for me. Like, it's just something that you can pick up and play for 20 minutes. You can pick up and play for five hours. There's different ways to play it. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Nuzlocke Challenge, but no. that changed my Pokemon game. Okay. So the Nuzlocke Challenge was created by a, a internet community member whose nickname, whose internet name was Nuzlocke. So the challenge is named after him. Uh, basically, the rules can vary, but the truth Traditional rules are you have to catch the first Pokemon you encounter in each new area. So Route 1, Route 2, Route 3. You can only catch the first Pokemon that you find. So if you find 18 uh, fucking Rattatatas, that's your team. Uh, and once a Pokemon faints in battle, it's dead. You can never use it again. You're supposed to release it. I can never do that. I just throw it in my PC. <laughs> I can't remember myself to actually release it, but I don't play with it anymore. And so you create this really invested dynamic in your team where you might not get all the characters that you wanted, um, but because their deaths are permanent and, and you can't ca go out and catch another one until you find a new route, like you're limited to the number of Pokemon you'll get in the game. You could theoretically get all the way to the Elite Four, all your Pokemon die, and then game over. You can't go catch more. And so it, it forces you to be really invested in Pokemon you might not otherwise be invested in mm -hmm. and form relationships with the team. Some of the other rules for the Nuzlocke are usually things like you have to give nicknames to your Pokemon because it's all about creating that emotional attachment. And so if you feel like you don't get enough out of Pokemon, I always uh, advise people to try it because it, it helps create a stronger emotional connection to the game. Do you do you typically rename your Pokemon or do you just kind of let them be what they are? No, I always do. So like okay. as a kid, uh, when I first started playing, I would name like my Sandshrew Sandy and I would name like... Um, when I caught a bell sprout, I knew that it would eventually evolve into like victory bell. So I would name it victory, even though it was a bell sprout at the time. I knew eventually it'd become victory bell. So I, I love that. 
Yeah, and then, like, because you didn't have genders in the first uh, versions, I would put a gender sign next to their names. Like, I would pick their genders because they have the two symbols. What does that even names. mean? Like, how does a gender kind of play part in Pokemon? I, I, I know that I heard this was a big deal, but, like, what, what the heck is the deal yeah. with, the, with the genders? So basically, the only real practical application for most Pokemon is uh, that there's breeding involved. So you need a male and a female Makes Pokemon. Sense, okay. Yeah. In some instances, what they've done now is some really interesting things where um, some Pokemon only come in uh, one gender. So Gardevoir is only a female Pokemon, which makes mm-hmm. sense. She's a girl in a dress. Like, there's a male version that will be a boy, uh, but it differentiates those two Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, some Pokemon look different based on genders. Like, in one of the newer generations, there's a bird Pokemon that follows the traditional bird motifs of the male being very colorful and the female version being very muted and brown. Right. Um, so there are some aesthetic differences, but that's usually a special occasion, which I think is better that way. I think that's cool having it. You know, most pandas look like pandas, but birds right. usually look different by gender. So I think they do a lot of fun stuff with that. But mostly it's just about breeding. And so do you still find that you have like the time to do- like these Pokemon games? I don't know why, but in my brain, it's not like I haven't spent like 100 hours with a game before. Like Dragon Dragon Age is a classic example. I think I spent across the three the three games. I probably spent about. 250 to 300 hours just at the beginning oh of 2015 last year like i, I just, just like kind of went nuts Dragon like, Age's dlc and i went through and counted all of the hours for my four different playthroughs at this point oh no uh, <laughs> i know where yeah. this is going <laughs> um right now i am at 305 hours of oh total playtime when i first started i've put another about four hours into my first character because my first character is the one that's completely completely done with the storyline and I was ready to advance to the final DLC quest that takes place Mm. two years later. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I'm going through that and that's taking a little bit. Um, My other three characters, one I have about 85 hours into and she is the one that I want to 100% everything first. She's like my canon playthrough. So I have a lot of time before I'm getting to her DLC section. Then I have my Kunari that I finished, and she I finished her at about 75 hours. I'm not really sure I'm going to go back to her that much. That was my playthrough uh, is with a Kunari. I thought after playing Dragon Age 2, I'm like, I love this whole Kunari thing. I thought it was yes. so cool. They dropped it a little bit. It wasn't as, like, really into the Kun as I really want, which I think is hilarious if you're into South Park and they call it the Kun. I yes. keep thinking of Cartman, like, who is the Kun? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my first playthrough was an elf, my second playthrough was a human, my third playthrough was a canary, and then I'm 39 hours into my nightmare run, oh my gosh. which is a male human. Um, um, so I was like, I don't want to play as a dwarf, but I've already done like the three that I wanted. Fuck it, I'll just make a guy. I so, can't uh, remember. Was that yeah. your first Dragon Age, or did you go back to Origins, or what was that this, whole thing like? This was my first Dragon Age after yeah. I finished out. So, okay, so after I got... So my second character, I said I'm not done. I'm, I basically have life. I am at the point where all I have left to do is the final battle, but I have stopped at this point so I can do the, I can clean up my side quests. I have two dragons left to kill. I have almost all the shards completed, but I want to 100% it before I defeat Kurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always just like, to me, once you've killed the final boss, there's not a lot of point. Now that the DLC is out there, I suppose that's not quite as true anymore because I still have all this DLC to do, but um, I'm going to do as much DLC as I can before Corypheus as well. So I'm doing all of the the descent and all of that. Then I'll kill Corypheus. Then I'll do the trespass of DLC. Why do I remember somebody like mispronouncing Corypheus's name? Like who is calling it Corypheus? Was somebody calling Corypheus? Uh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah always calls him a different name. She makes fun of it. Yeah, it's Corypheus. It's Corypheus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be Sarah. <laughs> that game keeps going on sale uh, digitally, and it's something that like I'm too lazy to go grab the disc to to jump in and just kind of do a couple quests. But I think that I might end up grabbing one of these gold edition sale or whatever it is like the game of the year collection where 
uh, it has all the DLC because I think that's actually cheaper to do it that way than to actually buy the DLC individually. It is. Yeah, so um, I have I have Dragon Age digitally, just yeah. the original deluxe edition that came out at launch. And I prefer having physical copies of my games. So I actually bought just now, I looked at it, it's, it was $20 for a physical copy of Dragon Age and yeah. $40 on Amazon for a physical copy of the Game of the Year edition. So I got a $40 Game of the Year edition sent to my house by Amazon on Tuesday. Where are you on the whole digital physical thing? I am a strong advocate of, for me, physical works best because mm-hmm. I'm in a situation where I typically share my games. Right. So like I, I like having that physical copy where I don't have to mess with all these stupid licenses and going back and forth and who's mm-hmm. who's primary active. No, I have the disc. Do you want to try Fallout for five minutes? Here, borrow my copy. Bring it back on Monday, and if you like it, go buy yourself a copy. It's almost like, like that Sony video that they said, like, here's how you share games with people, and they exactly. just add it to them. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, my little brother is was an Xbox kid, and once I come home with my PS4, all of a sudden he's like, what? The PS4 store is so much so much easier to navigate than the Xbox store, which is the first time I've heard that, but hey. That's hilarious. It's yeah, so it's, true, actually. I don't know what it is. I, I, yeah, I like the look of the Xbox store, but I can't find anything. Yeah, he was like, well, this is so cool, and I'm showing him PS Plus and all the discounts and free stuff, and I'm like, yeah. well, you do have games with gold, you know, you have those because he's a 360. Well, that's you the thing, like, games with games gold, though. like, they have discounts every single week. They've got crazy sales all the time, oh, but and PS- you just can't see it. Flash sales are so yes freaking dangerous Mm -hmm. yeah i think i've got probably twelve thousand hours worth of like japanese role-playing games on my vita that i'll just never get to i can't even like begin to to start with those games i'm just now getting through the rest of the games geo course you gave me at psx that was awesome so tell me about that again like i know you kind of uh we talked about ray as soon as it happened but like for the audience like this was awesome you were at psx and then you did did you like bump into him yeah so i watched the um the big presentation to start off the event, obviously, because that's what you're there for. And so, of course, you know, Joe Corsi comes out in his PlayStation hockey sweater, which is awesome. <laughs> and um, that day, I see him wa- just walking the show floor across the hallway with a woman in that same jersey. And I was like, oh, Geo Corsi, F it, I'm here, I'm going to do it. Can I get a picture? And so he's like, sure. And then he goes, can I get a picture? And this woman takes a picture of us. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Why would you want a picture? That's weird. And he's like, oh, don't worry. That's my wife. I'm like, oh, that. That doesn't answer why you would want a picture of us, but sure. He just and then jumps he goes, to the, I'm not a creeper, I'm married. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, don't worry, that's my wife. She can take a picture. And I'm like, but why do you want one? You don't know me. Okay. Um, and then he goes, do you like PlayStation Vita? And I was carrying my Vita around with me the yeah. entire time because I'm at PSX. So I'm like, oh, do I? And I pull it out. And he goes, oh, cool, hold on. And he's wearing just regular jeans, not cargo pants, not... <laughs> bulging pocket jeans i cannot stress enough how much it looked like his pockets were empty yeah he goes hold on pulls out a bundle of four physical vita games rubber banded together so yeah i don't know if anybody's ever seen them but they're you know the thickness of a smartphone sure um you know so this is a thick stack and then he goes hold on again pulls out two envelopes full of digital codes and hands me a code from each of them and then leaves like vita santa into the night (laughs) vita santa that is who he is to me forever. He's got like the beard and he's kind of like not really, he's not in a red garb, but he's got black and the jersey and the Yeah, it's space. fantastic. And then that, and then uh, the next day he was on the PS I Love You panel and he gives out three free Vitas to the audience. I'm like, this is, he is Vita Santa. That is what he is. That is so odd. Well, you know, and at, that can really only fly at an event like that. I think uh, where people are actually gracious and grateful about it, where uh, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of hate. We'll be honest. There's a lot, a lot of hate on the Vita. And people go like, "Wow, they can't even give those things away." It's it makes me so sad because I um I was charging uh, charging my Vita by having it just plugged into my PS4, and then I left it there for like the last day and a half. Mm-hmm. But every twenty minutes, my PlayStation like remembers that my Vita's plugged in, and I get a pop up that says this device is not supported. So every twenty minutes, PlayStation <laughs> reminds me that they do not support the Vita. Oh. <laughs> like I'll just be playing the Diablo, and then it's this device is not supported. I get it. Okay, I get it. You don't have to keep reminding me. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> it breaks my heart every time. Oh my god! So like, obviously, you eventually got into PlayStation in in a big way. You started with Nintendo. Like, what was the transition? You said you got a PS2, but it wasn't really for you. Like, I'm I'm curious yes. how that so- is for you. My uncle is only five years older than me, so awesome. he used to babysit me during the summer. And when I was small, I had just I'd gotten my Game Boy, and so I was getting into that aspect of gaming. But I didn't, you know, consoles are expensive, and I was always so paranoid about asking for expensive things. I never wanted to ask for expensive things for Christmas or my birthday. It just I don't know, I weird. Mm-hmm. And so I've never even thought about asking. Good kid. For <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> but I guess maybe that is weird. <laughs> I told my mom this later, and she was like, "Are you stupid? You could have just." Asked for what? Asked for whatever you wanted. The very first console I ever asked for was a GameCube when it dropped down to $100. And I got a GameCube for Christmas in like 2006. That's insane. Yeah, and I had a great time. I got the Mario Party 7 bundle. uh, And I had a ball. I love Mario Party. Everyone's a bunch of haters. Um, I love Mario Party. Thank you. But uh, I came over to my uncle's house and he was just starting the second disc of Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. And so we did this thing. So I'm an easy kid to babysit because I'll just sit quietly and watch you play video games for hours so that was what we did he would he started only playing it when i was when i was coming over you know five days a week it wasn't like he had to wait that long and he would sit down and play final fantasy with me the whole time now i do have to stress that he was starting on the sec on the first the very beginning of disc two so i started playing immediately after Aerith died so i have Spoilers. yeah yeah okay <laughs> okay but i have no love for Aerith. i don't I have any fond memories of her because she was dead when I started playing. So she was just like, a, oh, yeah. And back in the long ago time before you started watching me, uh, I had a friend. She's dead now. Oh, OK, cool. <laughs> like, so I've always been a really big Tifa fangirl because I've just been like, oh, Aerith, I've never even like seen her. Whatever. The ghost? You mean the ghost? Yeah. yeah nobody... like, what, whatever. She's cool, I guess. But too bad she got died like a loser. She got like, died. She got died real good. <laughs> Maybe she didn't suck so much, she'd still be alive like Tifa. Shit talking to... <laughs> oh my god, I'm sweating, I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> so, um, I really got into Final Fantasy, and so I was Pokemon, and then Final <laughs> Fantasy, so I've always had this kind of natural attraction to turn-based RPGs. Sure, yeah. Um, even though Final Fantasy stuff Originally quite... with Pokemon, really. Yeah, oh yeah. And, like, because I've never been good at, like lightning fast reflexes or like so twitch shooters obviously aren't my forte mm-hmm. um so for me like turn-based made me feel more comfortable i didn't like the pressure of like sonic where you have to go fast 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 and i'm like no I don't, no thank you i'll take my time <laughs> everybody just be careful just what's important is our health <laughs> and i think i've talked to you about this before i have no love for platformers i played i have never gotten past the first level of the original mario it's just not fun for me yeah you know if you weren't such an awesome person already i would really hold that against you but yeah if you were any less of a good person then that would (laughs) that'd be a deal breaker but yeah you've got a few other redeeming qualities yeah you're a little kid you start playing and then it's like oh i died oh i died 
Oh, I died. This, this game is teaching you how to play. It's teaching you. You have to jump over the Goomba, Kaylee. You have to jump or on it. Didn't teach me good enough. My my poor <laughs> reflexes couldn't keep up. Yeah, you wanted to like the Goomba to walk up to you, and then the game freezes, and then a little tutorial to pop up to say like to kill yeah. this thing. Like, it'll pause, and then it'll be like, "Do you want to jump on the Goomba?" Yes, I do. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's why I love follow. I use my vats exclusively. Exclusively, do I use vats? Well, Fallout and Dragon Age Inquisition both kind of have that. Um, you can do it just on the fly, or you can pause and then plan out your, your attacks. Now, so. I will say I do not use the tactical mode in Dragon Age. I find it... At all? Fresh, no, not at all. I find it frustrating how little you can zoom out. Because for me, if yeah. I want to be tactical, I want it to be like Fire Emblem, where I can see the entire battlefield oh, and successfully strategize. Mm -hmm. I find the tactical camera a good thought. And if they expanded on it and really made it like a, a tactical role-playing game system mm -hmm. and not just something that seemed kind of half-assedly thrown in. Like, what a waste of that big fat button on the PS4. Like, just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. It's a tactical button. So I'm constantly accidentally pressing it because I think it's going to do something important like in every other game. Uh, like, switching between Diablo and Dragon Age is so frustrating because oh, I'm so used no to kidding. it from my menu. Um, I, I went back, so I was going back to play Dragon Age after playing Fallout for so long that I'm constantly using one of my attacks because I'm pressing triangle to jump. Sure, yeah. And then actually I went back to Fallout and I'm constantly hitting X and I'm like, why aren't I jumping? X, X, oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm playing The Division right now and I just keep jumping out into, like, out of cover because the buttons are kind of flipped from what I think that they should be. So I keep trying to dive into cover, but I just jump over it. And I'm like, everybody shoot me, and I just keep dying. So it's pretty embarrassing when I've got a couple other guys on the team. They're like, what? Because they don't know that what my mind is thinking. Yeah, I see this guy just like doing? jump up and like trying to be a hero, and I just need people to put a Band-Aid on my bullet wounds oh, so I can come fight some more. I was so upset. So my friend Joseph um, got a PS4, and I'd never really known him as a gamer in the years we've known each other, and mm. he started playing Metal Gear Solid Five, right. Fallout. He's not really into gaming, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. Um, but he came over and I show my Fallout character and he's like, oh, let me look around for real quick. Immediately, first words out of his mouth, what the fuck is this? What was because he referring to? I use inverted controls. Yes. And, and I'm like, you're not even a gamer. You're not even supposed to know how much other people think I'm a freak for this. Like, <laughs> come on. That's just for it, all that, you know, you're the weird one. They are the weird ones. I'm definitely inverted. All like, thank you. Yes, we are kindred spirits and the inverted controls. Um, yeah, I I had so many friends, friends. Who, and we well, we knew from the very beginning. Let's be honest. So immediately, I was just like, and it's so funny because uh, Dragon Age was the first um, not like isometric or turn based game that I was really playing for a long time. Oh yeah. So when I first started playing Dragon Age, I actually had my X and Y inverted. And that was normal to me. That's weird. Uh, yeah. And so just now, I, when I started playing Dragon Age again, I was like, oh, what the fuck was I doing? And I switched the X to be normal again. Actually, I think I seem to remember doing that for like maybe like Tomb Raider or something way back in the day. I think I had them reversed or maybe it was um, the original Max Payne or, oh, man, there was a Max Payne clone for the original Xbox at something duty. I can't. It wasn't duty. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I can't remember about that one. But yeah, I think that that was a thing at some point. But for me, it was playing like flight simulators like um, X-Wing or, or TIE Fighter on oh. on PC way back in the day. So I that's where I have no excuse. It's just how my brain feels most comfortable being wired. I'm like, oh, it's like you're a cameraman. So well, you really, the reason is because it's correct. 
Right. Well, with. yeah. But that, I think that's why I was also switching the X because for me, mm. when I first was playing Dragon Age, I was like, oh, it's just like if, if you're a cameraman sitting on one of those like movable chairs yep. with the camera attached to you, you're going to swing right to look left. You're going to swing oh, left to right. Oh, yeah. And so that's how I had it in my head. And because so few games allow you to switch the X, the next game that I played where I switched the Y and I couldn't switch the X, I was actually really confused at first. Like, I'm like, I can't fucking get this straight. Mm-hmm. But now, because Dragon Age is the only one that let me switch the axe, it's become weird now. So I feel like I could maybe be trained to stop being inverted altogether, but I don't want to. I feel like it's being forced upon us. One game that I will probably never be able to experience because my brain just won't allow me to play it is um, Wind Waker HD or the original Wind Waker. It doesn't allow you to flip the inverted controls. It's just it's just straight up is up, down is down. And I'm like, I can't I can't do this. <laughs> See, way back in the in the long, long ago, I was playing Fable all the time. It's the only Xbox series that I have any deep love for, which is weird for most people because they think it's kind of shallow or whatever. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, and so when my little brother got an Xbox for Christmas, I immediately bought him Final Fantasy thirteen to give him a taste of role-playing games and Final Fantasy games. I bought him Fable, and I bought him something else. can't remember. And so when I was at my house over, like, I think spring break last year, I went to go play Fable 2, popped it in his Xbox, and I'm like, I can't move. I can't. I'm dizzy. And there is no way that I found to invert the controls. So I literally got about an hour into Fable and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Whatever. Apparently, when I was playing this years ago, when Fable 3 came out, my brain could adjust. But it's been so babied into allowing me to play inverted that I physically could not play Fable. Right. It was heartbreaking. I know it's uh, it's something that I'm really worried about them getting rid of because in on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, you could actually just have it as part of your profile setting that just in any game just automatically invert my controls, like automatically check that box off. And it hasn't come yet. That seems really strange. I've never looked at the PlayStation 4's. You know, they have that controller options where you can make any button be any other button. I, yeah, I should look into that, too. You can invert it. Wouldn't we be a bunch of jackasses talking right now? I know, right? I was just, <laughs> I was just like screaming at this, like, like you can totally change the okay. buttons. Everyone tweet Sean Capri. That's Capri Pants, Capri Sun, Sean Capri. Everyone tweet him <laughs> how wrong he is. Don't worry about me. Just yeah, tweet Yeah, it's, it's my fault. <laughs> uh, at Sean Capri on Twitter. You are wrong. Delete your Twitter. <laughs> he needs to know. It'll be good for which is good because then I'll, after I delete my Twitter after seeing that for the first time, I won't see all the other people like piling on. <laughs> okay, find Sean Capri at Facebook. Facebook, Sean Capri. He's the one who looks Canadian in his profile. Uh, message him. You're wrong. You've never played a video game in your life. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to invert your controls anymore. Let him know. You don't get to play games. You don't get to talk about games on the internet anymore. Just <laughs> just quit. Find something else. Go ride yeah. a moose or something. Which your life go go drink some syrup <laughs> i am drinking syrup it's in hey, my coffee i think it's a, a little bs that everyone gets to make fat american jokes when all people know canadians for is their delicious sticky sugar syrup thank you very much i think canadians probably get made fun of more for the way that we talk um which is only slightly different i think but there are some words and i'm i'm becoming super like self-conscious about it even the word about <laughs> oh my god i giggle every time in my head it's so hard to resist like, oh that's the worst you're just so canadian i know but, but you can say that about like even different parts of the states too like if we're really honest yeah, there's like to me i'm from the midwest so for me i speak english american <laughs> english and people will tell me like oh you have such a chicago accent and i'm like 
no, I don't. You have an accent. I speak correctly. Like, <laughs> I, I never hear that. Like, people say, oh, no, you're, you're really nasal. And just the way you say Chicago. And I'm like, well, I don't say Chicago. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But I do not hear an accent. And everyone says I have a stereotypical Chicago accent. I don't think you do. I don't hear it. Thank you. See, I can't pretend that you don't say a boot. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you that back. But no, uh, but, you're Canadian as hell. <laughs> I know. It's usually like I feel like my mouth is just super lazy as I like I should probably do some some warm ups like the human torch was denied a bank loan. I should just get the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's black now? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> I'm American. It's what we do best. Oh, man. But I talk to a lot of Americans. Like, I even work with work with Americans and, like, I don't You've know. I've seen an American. I have. I talk to them all the time. I had a really good story when, uh, when Chelsea and I were on our honeymoon. We were in Florida in Disney World and we we're hopping on the, the monorail at the end of the day. And it was pretty empty except for these two families. There was um, these two guys and they had their wives are off on the side and they're chatting with each other. And the kids are kind of like goofing around. They're playing with each other. And these two guys are there and they're talking about the strollers that they've got for their families for their time in, in Disney World. And they're sitting there and they're like super New Jersey accents, right? Like I don't even I, I'm going to totally butcher it, but it, it was so amazing. You just. Um, the guy, one guy was bragging about his stroll. He thought it was a great thing. He's like, oh my God, this thing is amazing. You could put like 40 oranges in this thing. He's talking about how big it is. And like, I don't know why he chose to use oranges as his unit of measure for this. <laughs> He's like, you got your brakes here. It's fantastic. And so they're going back and forth. And then, so I'm thinking these are like brothers or, or like longtime friends or whatever, just the way that they're very familiar with each other. And like, sounds like they grew up on the same block from each other. And so then they, the conversation kind of gets to this awkward silence. And then the one guy goes, so where are you from? And he goes, <laughs> the guy goes I'm from New Jersey. He's like, get out of here. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> really? I, had, I could not guess that. <laughs> Chelsea and I are just sitting there just like, you guys have got to be kidding me. <laughs> my mother can corroborate uh, when I was in high school we did this like um murder mystery dinner theater Sweet. for months in my theater program and I was a waitress from Brooklyn like one of those old school been at a diner for 40 years kind of waitresses and so I had a really really heavy Brooklyn accent and I, I was in, in that fucking play not play but like that entertainment thing for so long that I could not stop talking with a Brooklyn accent for months. It's a good accent, for, to be for, honest. For months, just at my house, in public, talking to anybody. I had this probably awful, stereotypical, obnoxious Brooklyn diner chick accent that I could not get rid of. You shouldn't get rid of that. That's an awesome accent. I like I'm accents sure. in general. For the most part, I think, I think accents kind of just, you know, give it a little something different to listen to. So I don't know. Country where it was like, ooh, she's got an American accent. How hot! Like that's the only. Country. Yeah, There's, nobody I, I says that. Canadians are kind of like that too. No one's like, ooh, say a boot again. Ah, <laughs> damn. But like, yeah, you go say to, a again. Yeah, that would be. Right? You go to England. You go to France. You go to Ireland. You go to Australia. You go to anywhere, and it's like, oh, you know, like I love these, you know, Italian guys with their Italian accents. What about French? See. You're like, yeah, ooh, like, oh, I need this French chick. Everything she said sounded so hot. I want to go to England. And I don't know. Like, in Dragon Age, they have all the Orlesians who, are Fran who have French accents, right? And I don't yeah. think that that sounded good at all. <laughs> That's because you're Canadian. You have a natural aversion to the French. 
well, we sort of have a natural connection, which is weird. And our French is different, so I'm sorry if there's any French Canadians out there, but it's not it's not really. You don't French. sound shitty, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You at, guys are at <laughs> Thank Sean you. Capri. Uh, all of the French. Uh, oh my god. Je m'appelle Kaylee, and you can tweet Sean Capri that, that he's racist. <laughs> I love you, people. I took a year of French in high school. One year. So, <laughs> so I'm pretty much an expert. Okay. That's about as good as the. And I said about. That's as good as um, what did I do? I took uh, grade four through twelve, so whatever. I did eight years of French, and I can't remember any of it. Oh no, I did eight years of Spanish and one year of French. I basically just learned that my English is also bad when I was taking. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's really good if, if like, because I took so many years of Spanish, and then I was like, "F it, I'm gonna take French too. And so I took, uh, I think I was taking Spanish four and French one at the same time. And if you know one, learning the other is so much easier like I, I just feel like both languages are at a at a much greater advantage mm. than people who speak english because it's so much easier to learn and like I, I know a spanish-speaking guy that's learning portuguese right now and he's like you know it's basically the same thing there's just yeah. a couple of like accents and a little letter changing but most of it is the same because they're all of these romantic languages and so they're they're similar to english but they're very similar to each other yeah, I found out that to get into university, I could actually skip out of a bunch of science classes and just take French and Italian. So that's what I did. And I don't know anything about chemistry or physics. <laughs> um, I sort of feel like it's French my, my daily duty to learn Japanese. Like, I would really like to learn Japanese to maybe even, like, import games. Or I just think it's a, an amazing-sounding yeah. language. And I took Japanese uh, my first year of college. I took a semester Japanese and then as a uh, nerdy junior high school kid I was obsessed like I was a super bad otaku and so I studied and learned uh, hiragana and katakana and started studying kanji and I always had a kanji dictionary nice. with me uh, because like I want to go to Japan I never want to be in a country where I can't at least have a basic understanding of the language so if I ever go there I need to beef up my Japanese skills it's so just like everyone says oh you'll be fine don't worry about it I won't feel comfortable unless I can at least ask for directions yeah know? totally yeah, or, yeah, totally. To stop roping me. You know, I, I need to have that much. <laughs> Is that a problem in Japan? Yes. Well, yeah, they don't even have signs. Okay, on everybody the tweet yeah, like, quirk of art. <laughs> yeah. That's true, though. I'm going to get a bunch of tweets going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Accurate. Mm -hmm. At Sean Capri. What's, con what's kanji? Because when you said kanji, I think Persona 4. And I uh, think Troy Baker. Kanji is the, the, um, is the really complicated symbol. So basically, oh, you okay. have. Kanji, which is something that even, like, Japanese school children have to learn, and some people are, like, like, Kagome in Inuyasha was, like, one of her things was she sucked at kanji, so whenever she wrote her own name in the show, she would be writing it in the basic character system okay. uh, instead of uh, kanji. And so, like, Japanese and Chinese both have their own form of that kanji system, but it, it differentiates a lot between languages. There's over 2,000 kanji characters, so it's not like English where you learn 26 letters. It's massive. Things like, um, I believe I'm going to quote this totally wrong, but things like to say youth is the kanji for green and spring put together. And so there's a lot of really deep meaning in creating words in kanji because they take different words and mix them together in these kind of profound ways. Hmm. So like green spring both evoke youth and the word, those two symbols put together mean youth. And so they do a lot of fun stuff like that. I mean, of course, you know, all of this stuff. That's oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not even surprised. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's 
was going to say earlier, so that's kind of how I really started getting into games, particularly. Okay. When I was in middle school, I became really, really good friends with this girl, and we were obsessed with uh, anime and manga, and we were really, really, really into the, like, Japanese culture and things like that. And so I started playing the Yu Show video game, the Inuyasha video game, the Shaman King video game. And then it was like, oh, we've played all of these anime video games, so now I'm going to go pick up Disgaea, because it looks all chibi and nice. cute. And I'm going to pick up Star Ocean until the end of time because it's super, you know, Japanese looking. And so, um, uh, Arkham Nepatia, I picked up purely off of the box art cover. And because it had voice actors that I recognized from different animes. Mm. So, like, Kirby Morrow is in Arkham Nepatia, and he's the voice actor of Moroku and Inuyasha. So I specifically was like, oh, I'll get that game so I can listen to Moroku. And so my love of, like, Japanese stuff turned into a love of video games. Again, that's why I'm mostly drawn to RPGs and things like that, mm-hmm. JRPGs, um, because that's where my roots come from. I didn't come from it from a, a shooter perspective or that. I, I came from it from liking anime and manga first, and then anime and manga-based video games, and then just Japanese-influenced video games, and then just video games. I love. So, what are your what are your roots in becoming a super popular, awesome admin in the kind of funny? community like how does that how did you uh, become involved because like, like when i first came to know you, you like you were in the beyond group and you were in the kind of funny group and like not just a, a participant in the in the group and all the and the discussions but like you became like an admin and i don't know if that was right away or like what was that trajectory uh, like chance and luck so okay. <laughs> um, I started listening to Podcast Beyond, and uh, I was actually playing Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. I oh, had okay, played yep. through the storyline once, and then I wanted to keep playing, but it was one of those things where I was like, I don't really need to hear all the dialogue and stuff. So mm-hmm. I muted it, and I was listening to music while I played. And then I was like, you know what? Um, you know, my boyfriend always listens to this Podcast Beyond, and they talk about video games, and I love PlayStation, and I, I had heard him listening to them um, for years, just kind of like he'd, he'd have it on when he's in the shower and I could hear it, but I was never really listening. And so I was like, let me listen to some podcasts beyond. And so I muted Diablo, was playing it, and I put over 450 hours into Diablo while working through the podcast beyond archives. Yeah. Um, and I was a delivery driver at the time, too. So I had literally six to eight hours a day, five days a week where I was just driving around in my car. Yeah. So I would be listening to it while I was playing Diablo head to work, continue listening to more episodes. So I worked through their entire uh, uh, podcast archive in, I don't know, a couple months, maybe less, two or three months. That's awesome. And uh, uh, not last October, but the October before that, maybe August or September, maybe a little bit earlier, uh, they had referenced, oh, you know, we have this podcast, it's beyond Facebook group, and it's really cool, and you guys should join. So I joined. And I have really, really bad social anxiety. So I was a hardcore lurker for weeks. <laughs> and then I would start liking posts. Like I wouldn't comment on them, but I would like this post. Okay. I would like that post. And yeah. then finally, um, somebody had something where like they were asking a question and no one knew the answer, but I did. So I was like, fuck it, here we go. And so I, I made my first comment. And then I don't even remember what it was, but at some point I just really wanted to talk about, I think, Dragon Age. I just really wanted to talk about it. And I was like, where else am I going to talk about it? I'll talk about it here. And so I made my first post. And then, you know, everyone was so friendly and accommodating and it was this really weird moment in my life where I was like, I don't think anyone's going to be mean to me right now. Mm -hmm. I don't feel terrified to talk to these people. I think I like, it's like you found your group and it was this really powerful thing. And I just fell in love with Colin and Greg, you know, my video game tastes 
align very well with Colin in a lot of respects. So he's kind of my, what does he think of this? Okay, cool. Yeah, totally in line with that. And then Greg's from the Chicago suburbs, just like me. Yeah, and so I really relate to Greg just on a personal level because we grew up in the same area. You know, I live down the street from the Portillo's. He keeps accidentally calling, trying to call his. Like the Bloomingdale Portillo's is right next to my house. Right. Uh, so I, I really kind of connected with both of them. And then the day that kind of funny launched, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Because mm-hmm. literally... Three weeks before Kind of Funny launched, I was walking through this really big grocery store called Woodman's, and they had an entire, basically, like, it was a cookie aisle, but half of the aisle was just different kinds of Oreos, and I was walking with my boyfriend, who had been the one who had knew Podcast Beyond, and I was like, you know, they should have someone that reviews all of the Oreo flavors, that way you know, like, is this bullshit, or is this really good? Because it's too expensive to just buy all of these and try them. Why does nobody do that and he goes uh greg miller from podcast beyond does that oh i thought you were gonna tell me that you introduced like you invented this okay no no so i went home and i binged all of his oreo orations and that's how i discovered kind of funny so i started uh listening to the kind of funny games cast and uh watching all of their videos three weeks before kind of funny launched and so it was this perfect timing where i had just really gotten to them as individuals Mm -hmm. and not so much ign Mm -hmm. and then they split off so the day that their facebook that the kind of funny facebook group was created i immediately joined that was insane i remember when they announced that like there was a couple things that were happening at that time too in other podcasts that i was listening to every everybody seemed like they were just going to blow up a bunch of formats so that week was like just this like consecutive days of crazy announcements of things that were changing incredibly. And uh, I remember seeing Greg Miller's post about it and then thinking like, there's no way this too is happening. Yeah. And then so um, April of last year, I think uh, um, there was a lot of kind of kerfluffles in the podcast beyond Facebook group and they had voted in new admins and the group voted me in as an admin. So I was like, well, I'm not going to turn it down if that's what everyone wants. And so I became an admin there, but I had really actually stopped being so active in the podcast beyond group because I was really focused on kind of funny. So I was like, mm-hmm. darn, I wish I'd become an admin and kind of funny. Yeah. And it was so, getting ugly in there too. Just yeah, talking was, about the new guys and the old guys. And yeah, the... it was getting really ugly. A lot of like, like this weird civil war broke out that I didn't really feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how did you deal I with that as an admin though? Like that's kind of my, where my curiosity is about just yeah. the policing that you guys have to do with a group of seven to 10,000 people who just yeah. talk, say whatever they want. So I like, how do you stay on top of that? The most important thing to me, um, and I'm going to talk because I was only an admin there for about a month. Mm. Um, and I was just real quickly, I was really good friends with a uh, Piero who actually obviously is one of the founders of the kind of funny Facebook group and uh, Zyger who was really active in beyond and What's then up, an admin of kind of funny. Hey Zyger, I love you. Um, and so they had kind of nominated me as a kind of funny admin right after the podcast beyond stuff all started going crazy and so i was like well i mean i have experience doesn't look like i'm the best but trust me uh i can i can do good and so they their admins voted me in and they asked if i want to be an admin and i was like yes that would be awesome Mm. fuck yeah and i don't know the rest is history but my status as admin the way i see things and we have over 15 admins at this point and i think it's very important to note that any time a decision needs to be made we try to get at least four or five admins opinions we yeah. cover every time so you're never really going to get a unanimous decision mm. but you never want one person being like i think this should be deleted so i'm deleting it right i feel like you know what would greg do what would colin do is this something that they feel is how they want their community represented you know 
you're never going to make everybody happy. If you delete something, all the people who don't believe in any form of administration are going to be upset. Mm -hmm. If you don't delete something, uh, depending on you know how bad it is, you know, uh, a joke about Easter is going to affect some of the more hardcore Christians in the group. That's just a fact. But is deleting that and making those people happy worth that level of censorship? I always kind of err on the side of, does it need to be deleted? Maybe not. So right. I try very hard to keep as much as possible and then just check the dialogue. When the dialogue gets ugly and starts becoming just throwing insults, that's when I feel like it needs to be deleted. Because at that point, you're not a community having a conversation. You're two people bickering. And that's right. just, you're never going to have two people be like, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. Oh, that's <laughs> stupid. Like, and just slapping each other. Happen. Yeah. So to me, I kind of, I let things play out sometimes a little bit farther than some people think I should. Like, you know, that's going to go south. Just delete it. Well, no, maybe it won't. Yeah. Like I have that like eternal optimism and the human spirit and, you know, the kind of funny communities are amazing. And a lot of times people are nervous about a post that produces amazing discussion and really does maybe not change anybody's mind, but makes them think. And I think that's really important. Uh, so, yeah. So for me, it's all about would Greg come onto this page and read this and be really disappointed. If I think the answer is yes, I'm going to either at least say that or I'm going to step it. But that's kind of my guiding force is this is a kind of funny Facebook group. It's fan run, but I want it to be indicative of the spirit of kind of funny. You know, this is a group of best friends. That's what they are. Is this how you would talk to your friend? Are you talking like your friends? No? Well, then maybe you shouldn't be having this conversation. I don't totally. Know. Well, it's funny that you say that every time that you uh, you look at some of those discussions, you think, what would what would Colin and Greg do? Because I've I've put together a little game for us to play. I don't know if you listened to the last couple of weeks, but we, we've got this new game on We The Gamer Cast called. Uh, I don't even want to say the name. I love the pregnant pause before it. So that comes from another podcast. So I've I've actually handpicked five games for us to talk about here in a little game that I like to call. Metacritic Mayhem. I have to give a shout out to James from Life of Gaming Podcast because he does they do a, a new segment on theirs where they talk about the news and, and he, he had this super I don't even know the first time he meant to do a pregnant pause but I was in Costco and I just started cracking up because I just thought it was so funny so it's like the whole delivery is totally ripped off of James so shout, <laughs> shout out to you James thanks buddy thank you James <laughs> for making everyone think that their podcast just skipped oh yeah exactly I should do that more often is that phone loading is it okay cool yeah <laughs> And it's just enough time for you to reach into your pocket and look and go like, damn it, he got me. <laughs> yes, because it, it's exactly that long. Like, uh, let no. me, I'll go to it. Ah, shoot. Or like, I hope I don't cause like car accidents because chances are people are like listening in their car and they look down. Okay, don't do that. It's just a pregnant pause. It's fine. Yeah, okay. so you have blood on your hands now. I hope that joke was worth it. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in a game. And so the five games that I've picked here, uh, they all have something in common. And the one thing is that they were all reviewed by our boy Colin M. From IGN, actually. So what, back when he was with IGN, he did, um, he covered the PlayStation beat. And so I've handpicked five games that he reviewed. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to guess the Metacritic score on these games. But I've also put aside um, Colin's scores as well. So 
You actually have kind of two chances at victory here, where normally people right. get the one. So I can I can be wrong twice. You could be saying. wrong. You could be wrong <laughs> three times, maybe. I don't know. There's no Let limit. Let me be prophetic and say that I'm gonna bomb this. <laughs> that, if you, it'd be kind of even more weird if if all you did was just nail it. So I'm not sure, but it's fun. Okay, so all the right. first the first game is Wolfenstein: The New Order, uh, released on May 20th by Machine Games. It came out on PC, Xbox 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4. And while you think about this score, the summary on Metacritic, it, it just starts with 1946, Europe. World War II rages on across Europe. You already said Europe. Where yeah. the, <laughs> Europe. And Europe. We are oh, in Europe. It does. It actually keeps going. It keeps talking about, okay, Europe. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The technologically advanced war machine of General Wilhelm Strauss, a.k.a. Death's, Death's Head, <laughs> when a final allied assault on Death's Head's uh, compound fails the Allies. Greatest hope falls within it. Europe, Europe, Europe. 1960 Nazi regimes. Nazis, Nazis. That's a fair review or a fair summary. Yeah, that's pretty much that. Pretty much covers it. Okay, I'm gonna go with my balls on all of these. There's there's <laughs> not a lot of explaining for my answers. Just straight off the bat. Did you play it though? Did you like? No, I I don't play first person shooters. Okay. Uh, Fallout is the only kind of exception, and like I said, 100. percent that's because I'm garbage at them, and I don't like being garbage at things. Do you remember Colin talking about this at all? I remember Colin really liking this game. He loves history. He loves uh, reimaginings of history. I remember mm. him being surprised by the game, and I remember it reviewing well. So I'm going to say that the Metacritic is a 9.2. I'm going to say Colin isn't that nice to things, so I'm going to say he gave it an 8.6. Okay, so that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so the Metacritic score, you went a little high. The Metacritic okay. score, is, you said 92. The real score is 81. Oh, damn. You're I off mean, to not yes. a good start. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know Colin. Uh, you're right. He was not nearly as nice to this one. So uh, Colin's score, or you said 86. Colin's yeah. score is 78. So you're much closer on that one. Just flat 78. Yep. Okay. I was around the logic. I just went like... I like the logic. I like the logic. Cool. Okay. All right. Hit me with another one. Moving on. on. Okay. So number game number two is a PlayStation Vita. It's a darling on the PlayStation Vita. Colin gave it a 10. It's a... (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Uh, This is Freedom Wars. And the only thing that we get from Metacritic on this one is Freedom Wars is an action-packed RPG launching exclusively on the PlayStation Vita. It was released on October 28th, 2014. And I'm curious, what is your guess at the Metacritic score? Okay. So I feel like Vita games always get the raw end of the stick. So I'm feeling like it's lower than it should be because it's a very good game. Greg loved Freedom Wars, but I don't remember Colin talking about it as much. But I'm trying to remember IGN scores. I know, I think, what, seven is good, eight is great? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. So I'm thinking, it's got, like, I'm thinking Colin goes, like, 8.1. I'm going to go Metacritic. I don't know. It was a good game. I'm going to go Metacritic 86. 86. Okay. We'll start with Colin on this one because your score for Freedom Wars was 81. Mm -hmm. And if you actually go on IGN, it's an 8.0. I was right there. Yes. I was like, he thought it was 
barely great. That's what I remember. Yes. So I remind me, I want to, I want to let you know something about, uh, Colin's reviews after this is all done. So, but okay. I, I can't give it away now. The, you can't give me a hint. I can't give you any hints. But your guess for the Metacritic score is eighty six, and the real Metacritic score was seventy three. So you were right. You were actually I, talking about how that they kind of get panned a little bit. I thought I was almost gonna go seventies for it because it is a Vita game. But I was like, no, everyone who played it really loved it. But nobody played it. it, so I should have. Uh, I should have taken that into consideration. Consideration. And anybody who's curious, you can go on to Metacritic and just see who's pulling that average down. <laughs> Blame it on them. Okay, they're this, kicked off Vita Island. They definitely. I don't even think that they were. They're just. They hit all the mines that are set up around the perimeter of keep the people island. like them out. Exactly. Game number three. This is uh, a darling from. I love this game. I think many people like this game quite a bit. It's Shovel Knight. Uh, came out on the ps4 on april 21st 2015 yacht club games made it it's also available on 3ds pc playstation 3 and a whole bunch of other stuff that's going across my spreadsheet here metacritic score first what are you thinking people loved this game people loved it on every console so i don't have to worry about giving it the the vita thumbs down Mm -hmm. i'm going to give it a 9.6 or a 96 i should say i'm keep getting them backwards but Colin is obsessed with Shovel Knight, so I'm going to say he gave it a 9.8. That's pretty high. I got... <laughs> is, is, it, is, it, is it way lower? I thought that people love Shovel Knight. See, that's not my kind of game because I hate hard games and I hate That's the old thing about Shovel games. Knight. Like, it's not... It is difficult, but it's not, like, punishing. Yeah. I, everyone talks about it like it's the most impossible game, so I'm like, oh, no, thank you. I know. I kind of wish that, that there was a, a better way to talk about games in terms of their difficulty because there's a lot of times where I'll shy away from a game because all I hear about it, like the first thing people will say like when they're describing this game is how hard it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there are there are probably 12 other descriptors that I would throw in front of that before when I talk about Shovel Knight or games like Ori in the Blind Forest and things like that. Side note. I don't know how much Dragon Age you've played, but I am finding the DLC for Dragon Age so much harder than the regular game. Like, I switched my shit to casual, and I am still mm. barely surviving regular battles. And I'm, I'm leveled. I'm level 22. Yep, that's the and thing. And it says you need to be at least 20, and I'm like, why did it get so fucking hard? Like, it is real. I don't know if, that, if it's just because like, I haven't played in a long time and I jumped right into the DLC, but I am finding it to be extremely challenging. There are definitely, like, difficulty spikes in that game, and it's funny because you don't hear people talking about that at all. Yeah, I'm like, can I make the difficulty even lower? Like, I just want to run through this because, like, I'm playing it on my first character who's not my canon character. I just kind of wanted to see what all of my decisions led to in the final conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I romance, I romance Solus in that playthrough. So I really wanted to see if I got to see my Oh, he's the again. worst. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your guess for the Metacritic score? Or you just said 96. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go through that. <laughs> no, wait, wait, can, can I change nope, it to a no, it's already in, It's already in final ink on my screen. Okay but okay. not really ink. You said 96. Metacritic score is 90. I think okay. that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> that bad? Okay. You made, me, you made me feel like it was going to be like a 70-something. I'd feel stupid. Yeah, I tried okay, to throw you off a little bit. It was classic misdirect. You, uh, it was perfect. Perfect. Just made you sweat a little bit. It was yeah. shisty Canadians. <laughs> that's it. That's what we do. Okay, <laughs> so for Colin's guess, you said 98, and that was a little high. He's, he put it right the exact same. He's right with Metacritic at a 9.8. Okay. Okay. But pretty decent, but you're right. He did love that game, but I don't know what like what it would take for Colin to give a ten. I guess The Last of Us, he gave a ten to. I mean, that's if you're gonna give a ten at all, you might as well save it for that one. I feel like that's one that 
we all know about, so I didn't include it in this. Uh, hmm. We know that yeah. he gave that a 10. I think he was just talking about that on one 10. of his shows. Yeah. That's yeah, why a I went perfect game, right? That's what that means? Right. It's a perfect exactly. game? Yeah, well, no, if you ask Colin, it does not mean that it's a perfect game. I'm totally being facetious. <laughs> this this other game I found was, um, this might be a bit of an outsider, but let me know what you think. This game is called Counter Spy. Uh, came out for the Vita, PS3, PS4, and then also on iOS. This is kind of... Well, I'll tell you the, the description that... that um, Metacritic gives and see if you can remember this one at all. So it says synthesizing the spy mythology and the special aesthetics of the 50s and 60s and set during the Cold War. This is a crazy run on sentence. <laughs> Counter spy details the rogue third spy agency C-O-U-N-T-E-R, which is an incredible acronym, which also maintains distance between the globe superpowers as each side of an ongoing conflict nears the unleashing of a blow of earth-shattering proportion, C-O-U-N-T-E-R bolts into action, furtively subverting their plans and maintaining world peace with crafty subterfuge. That doesn't tell me what this game is at all, but it's kind of a neat art style to it and had some yeah. interesting game mechanics, which I thought were kind of fun. So what I'm remembering from this, and this could be totally me remembering wrong, again, tweet at Sean Capri if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that Colin was excited for this game because there's not a lot of Cold War games. And again, he's a huge history nut, but he, mm. he was disappointed in actually playing it. So I'm going to say he gave it, I'm going to be kind of mean, so hopefully I'm wrong. I'm going to say he gave it a 6.8. I'm going to say the Metacritic was nicer because I remember people being hyped for this game. I'm going to say it has a 74 on Metacritic. I love hearing your logic about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my favorite thing is people kind of like convincing themselves that their, their guess is going to make some sort of sense. Pulling it like, right how out the hell of the you, Totally. Like, how are you supposed Polish to know? Polish it up real pretty, but it's so, still shit. And it's funny because your logic is exact opposite. So, uh okay. Your score for Colin was 6.8, and his score is actually a 7.0, so you're really close. Okay. Metacritic didn't like it as much. There's a few oh. other people who didn't quite like it. So you, where you went higher with your 74, the Metacritic score is 68. Okay. Oh, that's what I thought Colin gave Okay, see? Not too bad. I that's know. Bad. See, that's your chance. Like, you get two chances at being right. So yes. Yeah. Last game. I don't know if it gets any more Colin than this one. Tales of Exilia 2. This game was released on PS3 on August 15th, 2015 by Bandai Namco Games. This is, I've never played a Tales, any of the Tales games, and just keep hearing about it, and I just want to dive in. Did you ever play oh, any of these Tales games? Um, so, one of the most important games in my life is oh. Tales of Symphonia. That is, my friend in seventh grade heard that I played video games, and he was like, I have this game that looks like all of those books you always bring to school, referring to Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, <laughs> so I think you might like it. I know you have a GameCube here. And he gave me his copy of Tales of Symphonia over winter break. Mm -hmm. So I did not leave my bedroom except to pee for an entire week and beat that game start to finish. Fell in love with Zelos, got all of their special outfits, got all of their nickname, all of the nicknames, and played the shit out of that game. Gave it back to him and then bought my own copy, which I still have to this day. Nice. Right next to me. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia was a very important game in my Do life. Do you remember so how Tales of Exilia 2 kind of compared? Now, Tales of Exilia reviewed well and is considered a, one of the good ones. Tales of Zestiria, I know especially Colin didn't quite feel like it was a quote-unquote Tales game. Mm. Um, Tales of Exilia 2, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I don't think it was disappointing 
disappointing, like uh, Tales of Symphonia 2 was. I thought people were happy with the Auxilia series. So I'm going to say that the Metacritic is an 87. I'm going to say Colin gave it an 8.5. Okay. So we'll start with the Metacritic. You said 87. That was pretty good. This is the thing that broke your back here. Okay. The Metacritic score is 71. But you're right on board with with Colin here. So you said 8.5 and Colin gave it an 8.0. Okay. So it's not all it's not all bad news here. If I I, can you look up the original Tales of Exilia scores for me? I bet they'll be slightly higher than the two ones. If I was even able to multitask even a little bit, I would totally be able to do that. (laughs) Tweet at Sean Capri the scores for Tales of Exilia. And then tweet at Sean Capri, hashtag learn to multitask. That is not going to happen unless there's some hashtag sort of like, unless BuzzFeed has like a list. Um, well, I appreciate you telling everybody to do that because that gave me a second to go ahead and find Tales of Exilia on Metacritic <laughs> is 78. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, if you could just like ramble on for a second. <laughs> if there's one thing I can do, it's ramble on for a second. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Yeah, so 78 there and an 8.0 on, on IGN. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, because I remember people liking that one. Uh, Tales of Exilia is one of the good ones. Tales of Legendia, I liked. I played that. Tales of the Abyss, I played a little bit of but couldn't get into. Um, Tales of Symphonia, I just want to buy the PS3 remaster again. Uh, Tales of Symphonia 2 broke my heart because there's new characters and I just Aww. wanted to play more. Because my whole thing with the sequel was like, there's going to be a sequel? I get to play with those characters more? And then it's like, nope, no you don't. Like, I hate that. When sequels don't have you play as the like that's that's why I love that game. It's a role playing game. It's all about the characters. Like, don't put new ones in. That's the whole point. Because <laughs> um, like, Sheena is one of my favorite characters ever. Like, if I'm ever gonna cosplay, it's gonna be as her because she's nice. baller and I love her outfit. Like, I love that game. So uh, I, there's been some disappointing ones. Zestiria has been criticized a lot for trying to be more of like this. You know, it's got that open world syndrome so many 2015 games had, and mm. it, it didn't have the real tales feel. Mm. Um, but I haven't played it yet. So I have good news for you. Okay. We're gonna. We're, you're now the third person to play Metacritic Mayhem, and uh, so we'll go back. We're gonna give a shout out to the first guy who played it, Joey Ferris. What's up, Joey? Uh, Joey. He his his score was 54 overall. So when he like all the difference between his his score and the and the Metacritic score. Okay. He had a 54 last week. We had the Arctic Sloth on. Yeah. What's up, Frank? What's up, Frank? Uh, he didn't do as good. He had a 67. So he, he, he had a PlayStation only list here. He had 67. <laughs> so, so Joey was, was running in first. Your total score on the Metacritic side here is 52. So we have a new champion. Come at me, bro. What's up? 52. You're, so you're up by two <gasps> points. You'd be up by way more if you nailed that Tales of Exilia thing. Yeah, damn. I just love Tales games so much. I think they should all be like base 9.0. <laughs> so if that wasn't if that wasn't enough, um, you are you are clearly a, a true Colin fan because you were only 24 points off overall with Colin, Colin's review scores. So that is I'm pretty impressive. Until I die. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. You're Anybody welcome. comes at that, you can have me back on the show to, to redeem myself. I'll ship you a plaque, but I might get stuck in customs. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about the thing about Colin was that with the scores that I brought up here were Wolfenstein was the only point anything. Everything else was a solid 8.0, 9.0, 7.0, and then an 8.0. So it's almost like at some point he maybe decided like 
those point eights or point twos weren't. I don't know. I didn't yeah, get I a mean, huge sample here, but that was I mean, interesting. Pretending that I know Colin and, and talking about him like I have any insight into what he says, but from what I can gather from the way he talks about review scores is that he hates them. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't be bogged down in the minutia of like, oh, is it an 8.4 or an 8.3? Because if you ask him, he'll go, what the fuck is the difference between an 8.4 and an 8.3? Like, he wants you to read his review, not look at the numbers. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that he's like, okay, an 8 means great. It was a great game. It's an 8. Not an yeah. 8.2. It's, it's an 8. Uh, so that makes sense to me. Where are you on the whole thing? Like, do you prefer a 100-point scale, a 20-point scale, a 10-point scale, or five stars? Or like, which... I don't like a five-star scale. I will yeah, say that. Not... I think that that's too small. Or like the, you know, four out of five. I don't like that. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I just feel like, yeah, when you get into the, oh, it's a 92, it's 95, that is a little too specific. But mm-hmm. I feel like the, the, the out of five is way too unspecific. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a 3.5 out of five sounds good, but that's a six out of ten. Like, uh... I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's harder to remove yourself from the stigma of if it's anything less than a seven, it's a bad game. Right. Which probably isn't fair. So a five point scale could be theoretically, or I guess it'd technically be a ten point scale. You know, a ten point scale could work in theory, but because the collective conscious feels that anything less than a seven is a bad game, it makes the five the ten point scale redundant i think it's really i don't find it practical but i i find in written it it sometimes can make sense with like you match up a lot of description with a with a uh, written review so you've got all these details and then you get like a 7.8 um to back up kind of both sides but when you talk about it like if you were to if you um watch video reviews or just hear people talk about a game and then they go i give it a 9.2 like it almost sounds like they make up that that decimal point on the spot so it sounds yes. really weird in a in a vocal or audio review or video review but written it seems to to match up a little bit more but i find a 20 point scale to probably be the best i, agree. I mean just reading a review written in words is obviously going to be your best bet and to be honest you know reviews as a whole are all bunch of subjective nonsense where you find someone like i have where i usually agree with colin so i read his reviews and, yeah you know you you read the reviews of people that you typically shared opinion with because all a review is is this person's opinion Mm -hmm. so if you ask me i would say that the 20 point scale is the most practical because again what's the difference between a 9.1 and a 9.2 what's the difference between a 9.9 and a 10 nobody knows the difference between a 9.5 and a 10 i could see you know it's like you know it's a really really good game but there's like one or two things i i legitimately didn't like would be like a 9.5 uh 10 is you know, you can pick out some minutia, but I had a fucking blast the entire time. It was yeah. mind-blowing. It changed my life, personally. Like, Required so, gaming. Exactly. So I can see the difference when you get down to the 9, 9.5, 8.5, things like that. Mm-hmm. I cannot get on board a hard-point scale. I just don't find it to be practical. Nice. Well, I uh, feel like we could probably talk on forever. Oh, but absolutely. I had such a good time. Oh, it's been I way know. too long. Oh, you can have me on whenever you'd like. I might have to go to like a, a second show during the week where I just bring on previous guests yeah you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we're definitely gonna have to get on doing something pretty quickly here because yeah. for people who don't know uh kaylee and i did a, a run of a podcast called micro bits and uh what an awesome time that i had doing that yeah, and i don't know we'll, we'll see if we can get that back up and running at some yeah, point here. it's my fault i moved across country uh, uh suddenly and that just makes everything technological impossible i just it got happens. my computer set up three days ago to record this podcast so <laughs> oh, but oh my god, I adore you. You're so great. Oh, uh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Canadian. <laughs>
Oh, it's so nice and <laughs> so fun to talk to you. Well, thank you again for, for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you back. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yay. Bye. I feel I feel smarter actually talking to Kaylee. <laughs> and I almost I almost want to go play Pokemon. That's a pretty that's about as good as I'm gonna get, I think. So thank you so much to Kaylee and here's a round of shout-outs. Shout outs to Zyger, Rayleigh, and Becky from the Nerd Overdrive Podcast, James and Josh from the Life of Gaming Podcast, Joey from Game and Talk Podcast, Arctic Sloth from the PlayStation Report, Bobby from the GeekCast, Brock from Block 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 Block. How do you say that fast? Guys, I tried. Brock from BrockDMcLaughlin.com and Seamus from Australia. You're my first, buddy. You, I just, if you're still here, thank you so much and thank you everybody else for listening. I'm loving doing this podcast and I am loving that you're loving it. So one last time, uh, if you liked talking to Kaylee <laughs> or if you liked me talking to her and you want to talk to her, go find her on Twitter. She's Quirk of Art. Actually, it's kind of weird. Okay, Kaylee, you got to work on this. This is hard to say. I'm sorry, but it's, it's, it's tough to describe. It's Quirk X of X Art. Quirk of Art with X's instead of spaces. Is that the best way to say it? Quirk of Art on Twitter. Quirk of Art on PSN. Remember, no spaces, but X's. It looks neater than it. It, it, it looks kind of nice. I'll, I'll give you that. But it's hard to say. It's not like Sean Capri. You know, the pants and Connery. Stuff like that. That's not... <sighs> it's almost time to go play games. We're almost there, guys. So thank you for being here. If you're playing games and you're listening to this, that's kind of the way to do it really or if you're pooping that's another way to do it don't even care i don't even care so thank you for listening uh if you like what's happening with this podcast if you like that it's a little bit different please guys go on to itunes give me a rating it is so helpful i'm already getting really great feedback from just random places it's like if you've already rated thank you so much you don't even know what you've done except the fact that i just told you that it helps you can hit subscribe you get every episode you don't have to like click on the weird links that I, it's always a pain whenever you get those links on twitter or facebook or whatever like that's not what you want you want it on your itunes or you want it on your podcast app so go ahead hit subscribe and uh at least you get it that way that's that is the best way to do it if you have questions or if you have other feedback you can also send in an email we the gamercast at we the nerdy.com so send in your questions if you want to be a guest tweet email whatever find us on facebook it's all good Let's remember, though, WeTheNerdy.com hosts this beautiful podcast, so Samantha's got a piece on Server Snape and the Marauders, Broad Strokes in the Works. Let's see. Let's go. That's going to be up probably today. You guys should go over there and check that out. That's awesome. Chad Waller has a review for a book called Edge of Worlds. He says it's a fantasy novel with some really lovely world building. So how about that? It's pretty cool. Uh, Jeremy Winslow, he's got a review for Jerusalem. So, oh, wait. He says don't watch it, but read the review. That would be good. Cody's got a PS4 review of Republic. Republic. I I don't I don't understand how. I feel like it's Republic. I'm pretty sure I've heard guys actually say Republic, but it's got some accents in there, so I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm Canadian. I'm sorry. Uh, I tried that game actually. I had a code for for Republic, and I think I'm gonna play the Division instead. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But uh, I think Cody's right with me in his review, so uh, go go get that. And then Alexander, he's got a he's got a piece on why the critics are being too harsh on Batman v Superman, which uh, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't think they're being too harsh. Uh, well, maybe a little. There may be a little nitpicky, but 
it was not a good movie. <laughs> Sorry, Poppy. Oh man, that was just, nope. It wasn't that good. Okay, guys. That's probably enough for now, isn't it? Oh, the other thing on, uh, wethenerdy.com, there's another podcast called Game Over Man with, uh, Sean Messler. He's from episode 13. He does a really good podcast. They talk about games and movies and all that sort of stuff. They know lots of things. So go listen to them talk about all those things. Otherwise, this has been episode 22. It is now in your ears. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome week. Okay, bye. I'm from the Midwest. So for me, I speak English. Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!